Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talk's podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How is it going? It's going good, how's it going with you? Going good, going good. It's been an eventful uh, weekend to say the least. Uh, Speaking of this weekend and the week that's just gone past, what have you been playing in that time? Uh, Well, I'm still doing Grounded. I did manage to defeat the Broodmother. Um, Not a particularly hard fight, just a lot of panicking and healing and running around in circles like, ah! Yeah. Kind of what you would expect if you were three inches tall and there's a 20-foot spider in front of you, sure. basically. Uh, so the next boss up is the uh, Praying Mantis boss. I got to do a lot of prep work before I'm even remotely ready for that because I got to... Well, first, for these boss fights, they're actually summoned. So you have, first you have to find the recipe to summon them. Then you got to assemble the parts of some of them. Then you got to make sure you have enough healing components and then you basically have to look a strategy up online on youtube which is basically any boss fight you're gonna be doing that kind of prep work now um so right now i'm just in my material gathering mode to get enough stuff to be able to try to survive this fight um but it's fun game i mean it's super cool uh they've already announced there's going to be some more expansions probably not this year because we're already how the hell are we already in mid-november seriously yeah um (laughs) <laughs> but yeah so they've got some plans for 2023 um i kind of went back a little bit with the furthest frontier because uh, i've been trying to catch up on a couple of video stuff and it's a game that i can play and have uh, some video stuff on the second monitor and kind of have one eye there and one eye there and kind of do it both um just as a cool thing um i i messaged just to you on facebook but our mutual friend trista um she got gifted a sponsorship with uh, uh, Gigabytes, and they sent her a beast of a computer. Like, this thing is no-joke, top-tier stuff as part of their sponsorship uh, with her. So you can watch that unboxing that should be on uh, VOD now. And as she felt the need to get into the box that it came into, and she got herself stuck. Oh. She literally had to flop over grab her giant scissors and cut herself out of the box it was kind of funny actually all right yeah she she does tend to sit in boxes sometimes so yeah. yeah um yeah you messaged me about that i was in the middle of watching football so i couldn't really uh come along per se um which i'll be i'll be doing the united cast after this for anybody that's that, that's wondering about that so um cool uh, for me, um, I finished Gotham Knights. I'm not going to say too much because I spent 50 minutes talking about it yesterday. Obviously, some of that is spoiler talk. Um, we'll cover that in the uh, housekeeping section, but that's kind of off the books and finished. And um, I, I, I could, I could go for a Gotham Knights too. I would just want it to improve in the areas that I thought it wasn't great. Um, there's a few things that I really, really did like about it, but it's, it, it's. For a game to review, I found it very, very interesting because there's some things that I did like, some things that like hurt other parts within the game, and then some things that were just like, okay, why is this the way that this is? And that's quite that's quite a fascinating product to uh, to talk about as well. Um, so that was uh, good to do. Um, I had quite an interesting audio experience. Um, it's actually today, no, yeah, today, yesterday, uh, today that uh, I, I changed something. So um, I started God of War Ragnarok. I'm only about 
the first hour and a half in. I like it so far. It's very good. Um, there's a few things that are standing out and a few things that are sort of a, a bit strange. But over, overall, I think it's good. I can't really give you like a rating so far because the game is about 30 hours and I've played one and a half. So, you know, long way to go. Um, I do think it, it, it feels better than the other game, than the previous game to play so far. Like, I, I can already kind of see certain improvements from it, which is good. Um, there's just other areas where I feel like it could be slightly better, but again, too early to sort of judge any of that at all. Um, so that was good to jump into. Um, by the way, if anybody hasn't started God of War Ragnarok, there is a um, God of War recap video that you can watch, or you can access it from the main menu of the game, and it's like a couple of minutes long, and it gives you a, little, a nice little recap, so I'd I'd recommend that you do that. Um, so there's that as well, uh, but yeah, that's good so far. And I started noticing something, because sometimes when things gradually change us as humans we don't always notice so i was playing the end of gotham knights and i was using my normal headphones and i thought okay the 3d audio in the audio is it, it all right but like the production value on the game was just at an okay level anyway so i thought it was normal went over to play god of war ragnarok and there's specific sort of audio settings i tried to tune those to whatever and I started playing the game, and I thought, not only is the audio not really doing the 3D audio, it started to sound a bit muffled. And I noticed um, a few days before that, and maybe about a week, up to about a week or so, when I was playing COD every now and again, that I was hearing the game, like gunshots and footsteps and explosions and what whatever else, team chat and stuff, but specifically games because I, I haven't actually watched that much tv this week because i've been trying to finish gotham knights so i didn't notice it as much on the tv side um everything sounded slightly too muffled to a point where like my brain tuned in with my ears and was like no this is too muffled this isn't normal so i kind of ignored it a bit at first i was like i mean maybe it's just i don't know am, am i a little tired am I, am I sort of fully wired up kind of thing you know um, like, is is it just me? Uh, and then I played a bit more of God of War. And then I was like, nah, this just, this just doesn't quite sound right. Like, it doesn't sound bad, but it just doesn't quite sound right. Like, it, sh it should sound better and more expansive than what this is. Like, gra graphically, gameplay, all that sort of stuff, story, great. All, all, all good on that front. Um, as I said, I'm not really a graphics person anyway, so... I'm not really as, as bothered by that. But, of course, it's it's a PS5 triple a first party game it's gonna look pretty good and it did um but just just the audio it's like so something's just not right so i went into the game's audio setting and you've got like quiet balanced and loud i messed about with that for a good 10 minutes it, that still wasn't settling right and then i went into my ps5's audio settings and there's like a higher and lower 3d audio setting i changed that like four or five times because i had it set on one which was highest so the height of the audio was higher and i thought oh maybe it's too high i've sort of like put it out of my range or whatever then i put it on three then four then five and then i messed around with that for a bit and no matter what setting i put on no matter what the volume was and i changed like you know music volume and dialogue volume and master volume no matter what i did now every now and again it would sound slightly better but just it just never quite sounded right you know it, it never sort of i was like now this just doesn't it just shouldn't sound like this 
And then I changed my headphones. Because I thought, okay, it, it might just be these headphones. I changed headphones, put my earphones in, and it sounded a lot better. I thought, okay, that's really good. That that That's, like, a lot better. And then I thought, okay, I know what... Like, I, I played another, sort of, 10, 15 minutes on God of War, and I was like, okay, this sounds a lot better. The 3D audio still wasn't kicking in as quite as much as I wanted it to, but maybe that was just on the situations. But the audio sounded a lot better. Then I went over to COD... And I thought, okay, footsteps, 3D audio, gunfire, you know, this is a bit of a different audio type of game. World of difference. Absolute world of difference. <laughs> um, went over to COD, and I remembered what the game sounded like earlier in the week when I played it, when I played on the other headphones, and realised, like, even just, a, even just a minute or so into playing COD, and I had to, like, rearrange the volume levels a little bit, because it was a bit too loud, so I, I sorted all that out. And I could hear things properly again, but my brain almost kind of didn't realise. I guess because the the sound on the old headphones was like gradually getting worse, and sometimes you don't sort of... It wasn't sort of like a sharp change, it sort of, I don't know, it gradually died off. Um, And then I got like 19 kills and 3 deaths in a free-for-all game. So, obviously a lot different, and I could hear people moving around properly, I could hear gunfire in different directions. I was a lot more alerted, basically, so I found that... um, interesting it's it's disappointing because the the other headphones i have are a bit more expensive they're not like you know 150 pound or whatever all all these like 300 dollar headsets that you can buy it's like it was like 30 quid or something that i bought about a month or so ago um because i used to have the same type of headphones because my sister got me that pair a couple of years ago and then randomly when i was playing games one day the right headphone just cut out and it never came back so i got a new pair um, but the other earphones, I'm, I'm going to stick to those for now because the sound was just so much. It, it's amazing how much clearer it was and what a major difference it made in my gameplay because I could actually hear things properly. Um, but it, it was it was just bothering. It just wasn't sitting right with me. I, I just thought like, no, I can't play. Like it, it just it just sounded too muffled that I couldn't play like that. Um, any thoughts on that experience? I suppose from you, if you had anything sort of similar happen. With uh, with audio? Uh, not with audio, no. I mean, everything... Anytime you change anything, there's always going to be something weird. It's like, um, this is the third microphone that we're using to do this because I'm, I'm kind of an audiophile and I also have, like, dog ears. So mm-hmm. everything I think of is like, well, what's causing this? What's causing this? What's causing this? Um, so it's one of those things that I just think about that... Um, and that's it's kind of frustrating. Like I'm sure it's frustrating for you because you would think that this would just be a simple like universal settings um, for audio, and the fact that you had to go through that much effort just to get it to where it should be, you know, probably wasn't all that much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit. It was kind of annoying, but at least I sorted it out now, so mm-hmm. that's good. But I had to like retune my microphone, and so that I was at a good level. And like I I can't change my volume with a with a slider thing. I have to do it on the PS5's menu. So, you know first world problems and all that but i can i can deal with that for now it's just i I couldn't believe when i jumped back into cod and i could like really clearly hear everything properly the way i was supposed to um it's probably why i was playing so badly earlier earlier in the week because i wasn't hearing things properly and other players were so um there we go anyway um that's some of the stuff i've been playing like i said i've been playing a bunch of gotham knights this week uh played some god of war which was quite good um so yeah that's that's what we've been playing at the moment. Uh, anyway, let's get into some housekeeping and then we'll get into some news. See you for all that in a minute. 
Today's sponsor is Manscaped. You can get 20% off with your order with Manscaped by using the promo code that we've got with them, which is ETALKUK. That's E-T-A-L-K-U-K to get 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. They sell various different men's grooming products from shavers, razors, ear and nose head trimmers, different clothes and deodorants. You don't even need to Google Manscaped themselves. You can click on the link in your show notes, whether you're on a podcast player or the website. Uh, version of the episode and you can go and click on that link in the show notes that's also got the promo code written in the show notes as well so you can either copy and paste the promo code etalkuk e-t-a-l-k-u-k you can either copy and paste that into your show notes or type it in in the promo code box and click apply that will get you 20 percent off your order with manscaped and free shipping first hand quality professional with manscaped from their packaging to the items themselves even the way the items are stored in the packaging is very very first class very professional so no questions about manscapes quality thanks very much to manscape for sponsoring entertainment talks podcast and thank you very much for listening hi there if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name we've got good news for you with our affiliate link with kualu you can click on that link which is in your show notes which is for our affiliate link you can go over to kualu to get started with your website and domain name today they've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's kualu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to kualu for this affiliate link Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talk's previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support Entertainment Talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, as I have been mentioning, I reviewed Gotham Knights this uh, weekend. Uh, spoiler-free and spoiler-split sections. I gave it a Don't Skip rating, a 7 out of 10, which I thought was uh, my review was pretty balanced with the things I did like, the things I didn't, um, and the overall sort of structure of the game and that sort of stuff. So you can check that out as well if you want to. Um, I uh, reviewed an episode of Hollyoaks this week. Some of you might be wondering why. Uh, there was a special episode this week that went out. Because uh, it's a show I've been watching for a long time. I just don't review the episodes because it's just a you know, uh, British soap and that. Um, but the episode is called Long Walk Home. And there is a VR experience that you can uh, have with that as well. Uh, if you're in the UK, you can watch both epi- episodes for free. And obviously listen to the podcast for free. Um, if you're in the UK, you can go on to All4, which is... Uh, Channel 4's, E4's uh, streaming service. You do have to like make an account, which is a bit annoying, but it is free to do. Uh, you watch it free with ads. Um, and you, if, if you go onto Hollyoaks, and there'll be the, I think the Monday episode uh, of the week just gone, 
and the episode is specifically called Long Walk Home. You know if you if you find it. Um, the episode basically is about um, Maxine, uh, Teresa, and Verity. They go on a girls' night out, and she ends up walking home alone and uh, gets attacked in the episode. So the episode focuses on violence against women and girls. Because uh, soaps are pretty good at kind of tackling serious issues like that and everything. I did put a link in the show notes. It's called channel4.com slash support. There's lots and lots of issues covered on there. So like the issues that the show covers. Uh, but I thought that was an important episode to talk about as well. There's also a short little five minute VR experience that you can do on YouTube. Hopefully not blocked outside the UK. I would expect that it isn't. But it's YouTube. Um, if you go onto Hollyoaks' YouTube channel. So you just type that in. Uh, there's an episode on there. It's a VR um episode for that and you can kind of like experience not the exact same episode because it is actually a lot shorter but pretty much the same event um but you can obviously experience Maxine's uh experience of that night which is quite scary but that's kind of the like the point and stuff um so that's that but the podcast is called Hollyoaks Long Walk Home episode and VR experience review um do you get what what's uh because you're in the US aren't you what's access like to British shows for, for you it's really hit or miss. That's why I, I think hear, that's yeah. why uh, VPNs are so popular. Because mm-hmm. um, when the movie Free Guy hit Disney Plus, yeah, it was only on the UK side, so I had to bounce my uh, VPN from right. where I say I'm at in uh, America to the UK, and so I could watch it. Mm-hmm. And I watched just fine. I mean, I signed out and signed back in, but that's it, really. Hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, I I hear that like soaps and things like that are very difficult to get episodes from in uh, in the US. Do you, do you have like, Britbox and stuff over there? We have none of that. Everything you say, Britbox, ITV, anything like that, we don't get none of it. Oh wow, okay. Um, but that's that episode. Uh, over on the other United Cast episodes, we beat Aston Villa by four goals to two. That's in the EFL Cup, so not in the Premier League. So we are through to the next round, which is very very good. Uh, over on The Walking Dead, we're still continuing with that. Season 11, episode 22. We'll have episode 23 this week, which is the penultimate episode for the whole show. And then next week will be the series finale, apart from the spin-offs. But for this actual, for the actual main show, it is finishing next week. So look out for all those episodes. Over on Gaming Talk Podcast last week, we talked about PSVR 2, which is very expensive. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 and how much that has sold, which has done quite well. And uh, EA is teaming up with Marvel, so we talked about all of that. Over on the the other United Cast episodes, we talked about the previous Premier League game, which was a 3-1 win against May United in the Premier League, so that was uh, very disappointing. Um, I did another Steps to Fix episode, if you want to call them that. Uh, this one's called 10 Steps to Fix Netflix. Previously, I did a podcast called 14 Steps to Fix the DCEU. Uh, so you can check out both of those episodes, I guess, if you want to. Chat podcast this month, uh, talking about last month, which is October for 2022. Talked about how the month went for everything. Uh, podcast planning, talked a bit about work. And the new Prime Minister called Rishi Sunak as well. Um, and that is pretty much everything we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. I will watch Black Panther uh, next week. I couldn't get round to it this week and I wanted to finish Gotham Knights and this is the last football game for the for, kind of for the year basically so I just wanted to get those things out of the way first and then uh can focus more on Black Panther next week but anyway that's what we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms let's get into some news
right, so I don't have any screenshots or any information written down. Um, this isn't too much of a deep dive type of thing. Um, Netflix is making a Gears of War film, which was announced this week. I heard something else about a TV show, but the main news that was posted was for it was for a film. But Netflix is doing a Gears of War film, obviously from the Xbox franchise. Um, I love Gears of War. Gears of War is my favorite Xbox franchise. Um. I can't remember when Gears of War 5 came out, but it was my game of the year. I think it was 2019. Uh, was my game of the year for that year. It wouldn't have been 2020 because that was Last of Us 2. And last year was um, Oddworld Soulstorm. So, and now we're in 2022. So, um, but yeah, the, the year that Gears of War came out, Gears of War 5, it was my game of the year. I really liked the Gears series. Um, even after, like, with Gears of War 3, when the franchise... Because, like, that, that was the conclusion of that war. And I was like, okay, you can kind of finish it here. And then they did like a Star Wars-esque thing where they brought in some like legacy characters, that sort of thing. And they continued with Gears 4 and then Gears 5. Um, simply put, I'm just going to keep it kind of short and sweet. I don't trust Netflix to do this. Um, if you're wondering why, go to, go and listen to my 10 Steps to Fix Netflix episode. Um, I also did another episode recently called Netflix Having an IP Problem. Which I also didn't fully go over in the Steps to Fix episode. But it is uh, an issue for them. Um... And one of the reasons, again, that I just don't trust Netflix to do things, as I mentioned on the Steps to Fix Netflix episode, what Netflix keeps sort of doing, and this isn't like, this is more sort of hypothetical stuff, but they'll make, let's say, 20 shows in a month. 10 of them won't get seen by anybody, or promoted, or they just get dumped on there. Five of the other shows, people will watch, but they'll get cancelled. And then you'll have five out of the 20 shows, which people will actually watch, and they'll get renewed. Um, now obviously when you got something a bit bigger, like Gears of War, um, I expect that to get noticed a bit more. Um, but, again, video game films haven't got the best track record. Um, we've had, obviously you've had things like The Witcher show, you've got, um, what's it called, you've got The Last of Us show that's coming out, you've got the Uncharted film. You've had different avenues for different, like, game game related to TV or film uh, situations. I personally, um, I think a TV show would be the better option. Um, there is a, a good amount of lore in, in Gears of War. And sure, a lot of it is sort of like, hey, big guns and chainsaws and explosions and that sort of thing. But there is like, you know, a bit more depth with the Locust and what's going on and the war and the like some of the politics and stuff. Um, there's also a good amount of character development as well. Like these aren't just sort of um, random named soldiers like they've got... Um, you know, people in their lives and things. There's a bit more going on than your standard, just like normal war film. Um, and I care about Gears of War. I'd love to see another game. You know, if they if they conclude this trilogy with Gears of War Six, the actual video game, which I'm sure that they'll do. Um, but I just don't. I don't trust Netflix to do to 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 do this. Um, and I think this will simply go either one of two ways. I think this will either not get enough budget and do really poorly. Or get like Stranger Things level of budget and do really, really well. Um, I can't see this being because I I think some people would look at like a, a a war film like this, like a video game war film, and think, oh, popcorn flick, which is fine if you want to view something like a popcorn flick and you enjoy it like that. But and that's 
and this is just me this is just me talking about how I feel. I don't know how good this film will be. We haven't got any screenshots, any casting news, any trailers. We've got we've got nothing to go off of. I'm just talking about I'm just talking about Netflix's output recently, what Gears of War actually is, Netflix's budget, um, their extreme lack of promotion, and how those things are gelling together with what I'm feeling at the moment. That's that's all I could kind of give you. Um but I I don't want Netflix, and I can see them kind of doing it. Maybe like I I don't want Netflix to make this a popcorn flick, because Gears of War, it, it, even though Gears of War can be very fun, like the the gameplay and stuff and all that's really really fun, and it can be kind of big explosion fun war stuff. But there is more depth to it than that. Um, I just don't want Netflix to come out with like a two hour bog standard kind of hey shoot shoot bang bang michael bay transformers thing for gears of war because it deserves more than that um i i i think gears of war is something that deserves a full look like the last of us treatment i think this deserves like a full big budget hbo thing um because i think it could be really big and i think it could do really well um because i when i think about the gears of war series what do people most attach themselves to I mean, the plot is, sure, it's the, the humans against the locust, but um, a lot of those characters are really loved. Like, people cosplay as these characters, people dress up as them, there's, like, figures and stuff that you can get. People really love these characters. And when, obviously, some of them die in the story, uh, which obviously is going to happen, it's not just, oh, another hero's gone. It's like, oh, that character that got a lot of development is is gone. Um, so I, I think this deserves, like, a big, full-blown, full-budget, or big-budget, whatever, um, TV show, not some sort of like, because I, I, I'm just, and again, this is just off expectations, I can just feel that Netflix is going to do this as like a dumbed down two hour popcorn flick, and get to, to me, as a Gears of War fan, um, I think it deserves, it deserves more than that, um, anyway, I don't know how big of a fan you are of Gears of War or whatever, um, uh, Robert, but, uh, how are you, how are you feeling about Netflix doing this? Uh, I, it's one of those things that's either going to be really awesome, or it's going to really suck, and there's yeah. going to be zero I don't think leeway in between. Ground. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that I know about this project is that uh, former wrestler turned wannabe actor Dave Batista <laughs> has been actively campaigning for years, and I mean years, to a have this as a movie, and b he wants to star in it. It's like mm-hmm. he has literally had people do like CGI renders up of him in gears of war armor you can actually look that up online um that's one of the that's you know that, that's his passion project yeah uh, much like uh uh dwayne johnson's passion project for uh playing black adam hmm. <laughs> i'm not yeah, saying I... good or bad on that i'm just saying right he can't dwayne uh campaigned for that for years i just um i just want to say on just on that it's amazing that the that is specifically a Dwayne Johnson passion project, and it's it's the way that it is. I well, just I just thought that like it would have had, and like if if you, if those are out there who are listening and you love that film, that that's great. It just should have been for for a, for a fifteen year whatever passion project. I would have thought he'd be able to get better people on his on his team to do that. So, because um, a lot a lot of the quality or lack of quality. Or the, the only bits of quality in that film are really carried by Piers, Piers Brosnan's acting as uh, Doctor Fate, because there's there's not a lot else in that film that really works, and 
uh i mean i did a whole review of black adam when i got where i got into everything but i i i get what you mean i get what you mean in terms of the passion stuff but um let, let, let's hope that Gear, a gears of war film is better than what black adam could be because i i can almost kind of see now that you mentioned that i can almost kind of see gears of war being a bit like black adam and i would be so disappointed if it ends up like that um because black adam like i didn't really know who he was and everything it was sort of hey i'm gonna let i'm gonna let this film tell me about this character's origins and like why he matters as a character and it didn't really do that but i know already like about gears of war and i played all the games and that sort of stuff i know how good it can be because like black adam i didn't know how interesting black adam could be because i didn't know anything about the character but i know how good a gears well he's of war normally story not the good character he's normally the bad guy i don't I, um, no, i mean just good quality character not oh. like yeah not in terms of being a good guy which it, it, even with that aspect you it's it's such a tonal mess of like am i rooting for this guy i am then i'm not then i don't know then the justice society isn't even really sure it's 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 very mm-hmm. very weird um and you can't really do that in the same way with gears of war and it, and it is more of an ensemble film uh, or uh, story but yeah um i also do trust dave batista a bit more than than dwayne jo- if dave batista gets this role so um but yeah, uh, but I, I I agree with what you said a minute ago. I don't think this will be sort of oh it was all right. I think it will either be quite good or quite bad. I I don't see some sort of middle ground with this. Because um, what what this should do for Gears of War is when this comes out, people watch it and then go oh I really want to play the games now. Like see what the other like I I want to play the game version of this. It's like when um. Was it Cyberpunk? Cyberpunk Edge Runners came out, which I I finished that today. By the way, it was really good, and um, that that came out on Netflix, and it 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 does a really good job of portraying like the world of Cyberpunk, especially in terms of like tying it in, not story wise with the game, but like how the world is of of Cyberpunk. It does a very good job of that, and people watched that and thought, oh, I really want to go and play Cyberpunk. That's what this film should do. The same thing with Last of Us. I know a lot of people have already played Last of Us one and two because won a bunch of awards and sold really well but even people that aren't really gaming people as such they should watch the first the, the first season of last of us and go oh i want to play that game that's that's what these mediums should be designed to do um or like if you've got it the other way around which isn't as often which is if a if a game comes out based on a show or a film which isn't often successful and then you want to go you want to go and explore the other medium version of the thing so that's what this should do but i i just i don't know i don't know how this is going to turn out so we shall see um anything else to say about that uh nope it's really going to come down to the director and the script and the um, budget. but yeah. yeah but yeah it's like either going to be really awesome or it's going to really suck mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll tell you something as well if this film comes across that, that it doesn't have a good budget when it comes out, whether it's middle next year, the year, whenever it comes out, look at Netflix releases in that time period. And if there's like 10 or 20 things that you've not heard about that are just like random stuff on there. And then you, if you look at Gears at that time and think, oh, why didn't this have a higher budget? That's why. It's because a load of money has been spread around on a, like 10 or 20 other shows that, n- that nobody's heard of. And it's just more further a wasting of money. So, again, it, it's Netflix's quantity over quality approach that they've been doing um and it isn't working um i mean even when i go to open netflix like you know go and watch cyberpunk or look at the blockbuster show or whatever 
I scroll past so many things that I'm like, okay, I, I feel like I'm in tune with this industry, right? Like, I look out for news of shows and trailers and, like, you know, an announcements of things or whatever. And there's so there's always so many things on there that I'm like, I don't know what this even is. And some of them have got, like, kind of decent stars in them. And I'm like, okay, if you've got the... If you're doing all this stuff, why, why, why are you doing it this way? And the, the reason I point out so much about Netflix is I don't see any other channel or streaming service do that. I, I just don't see them do that in, in that same way. Um, yeah, I had the exact same experience. It was like the lost world of Z, and I'm watching this movie. And like 20 minutes into it, there's Tom Holland. It's like, wait, what? Yeah, like if if you've got someone like that, like why is that not getting more, you know, buzz? Or I didn't even know that until you just mentioned it. So that that goes to show you as well um but they're, they're spreading their money too much across too many shows and too many too many productions whether it's films or tv shows or whatever um like they, they had this thing um i think it was called i can't even really remember the name curious cabinet of uh, cabinet of curiosities or something it's from guillermo yeah. del toro who's I like a that. really big horror name and even that's not had like, that's had a bit more attention but it's guillermo del toro like come on put put more effort into like highlighting that sort of stuff so um it'll be so interesting if like if gears of war comes out and it doesn't get any promotion or anything or any buzz or anything um the other thing that will be interesting on its launch day how hard will it be to find it because some mm. e- even then even their new stuff on the recently added and new releases you'll be shocked at the amount of times that like something um from netflix isn't on those Parts or it isn't near the top, and you'll have to scroll past like five things to see it. It's like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? Anyway, um, anyway, rant over about Netflix. If you want to, if you want to hear more about uh, that sort of stuff, go listen to the two episodes that I mentioned, which is ten steps, ten steps to fit fix Netflix, and Netflix has an IP problem. Uh, they both kind of tackle Netflix from different angles, so you can check that out. Anyway, let's move on to uh, some other curious, very curious things indeed. A uh, Toys for Bob put out an update this week on Twitter. It says, we're hiring. Uh, Join our team of talented engineers, artists, and animators in creating amazing games like Crash 4 and Call of Duty. (laughs) Uh, Our 2023 internship uh, applications are live and we're open to remote work as well. Apply at, I think it's a a LinkedIn link that they posted as well. Um, So those of you who don't know who Toys for Bob is, they remastered the... If I can get this correctly, uh, remastered the Spyro trilogy and they made Crash Bandicoot 4. And currently, some of their team is working on Call of Duty because, you know, that makes sense. Um, uh, they haven't got too many roles listed here, so I'll, I'll read out some of what they are. you got art, um, so you got uh, VFX artist, character artist, lighting, um, and then technical artist, rigger, animator, senior animator, and then on programming, software engineer. You've got UI lead, UI engineer senior software engineer uh software engineer and then lead engineer internships you've got game design engineering and animation so so far everything else everything i was read here seems pretty normal right they're hiring of course they are still working on games uh and they mentioned a few games here so um what could they be working on well so they got the text that they tweeted right which is the whole which is the bit that i just read out that the roles that i read out are on a picture where it says open roles, they attach the photo, so I guess you can put more in, more in the tweet that way. Um, and it says you can go to their website to to, to apply, and there's a link LinkedIn link. 
Um, there's a picture of Spyro on this picture. So what, what you basically have is a, is a picture where they've got the roles listed, the, the ones that I just read out, so in white text. And then as a kind of bit of a background picture, because he's not in the forefront, but there's a, one of the gates from, from the game. You've got Sparks, or Sparky, Sparks, and then you've got Spyro. Very, very interesting that um, they chose to put that in there. Because, uh, of course, like I said, the, t the two franchises that people want them to work on is more more Spyro games and more Crash games. Whether that's more remasters of old games, or some more newer games, or a Spyro 4, or Crash Bandicoot 5, or or the, the Wumper League game that we've been talking about for ages. Um, or if it's going to be something else, or... I don't know, the next Crash Team Racing game, you know, there's a few options within both those franchises. Um, so, I, I know you're not as into, like, the Spyro and Crash area as I am, Robert, but uh, do you think this is a tease that this is for a new Spyro game? Seeing as he's kind of mysteriously in the background of this picture. Uh, possibly, or it might just be reminding people what they do other than being forced to make Call of Duty maps. Um, the part yeah. that really worries me, though is the fact that they call this an internship, which here in America, that's just an excuse to pay somebody less money. Oh, you're just an intern. You don't deserve full salary. Right. Kind of bullshit, actually. Especially with all those jobs that listed as being engineers. I can guarantee you those people could get jobs elsewhere and make more money. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, on the internships, there's only three listed, which is... Um... So writing is very small. Uh, game design, engineering, and animation, and then all the other roles I listed are the uh, non jobs. In, non internship roles. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, so there is more listed outside the internship stuff than than that one, but there's there, there's your options there. Um, it's it, it's so because they they knew Spyro was on this picture. They chose to tweet it out, and there's been um. The, the two rumoured games that have been out there for a while is a Spyro 4, which would make a lot of sense. You know, Crash got his fourth game, Spyro hasn't, so, you know, that would make sense. Um, and then the other one, which is supposedly being worked on by Toys for Bob, but it's still a mystery, is this um, mysterious Wampa League game, which I've, which I've brought up a dozen times. I think you, you remember me mentioning that a few times. Um... Because the, the, the developers in the wheelhouse of Crash and Spyro have been Beanox, who did Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled, Vicarious Visions, who did the remasters of the... Is it 1 and 2 for Tony Hawk? I can't remember yeah. if it was... Yeah, just 1 or 1... I think it was 1 and 2, because they cancelled yeah, the, came... the 3 and 4 one, didn't they? Um, 1 and 2 came out as a combo. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, and Vicarious Visions also did the Crash Trilogy remaster. Um, and then you had... Um, I already mentioned Beanox, they did um, Crash Team Racing, and then you had Toys for Bob, who did Crash 4 and Sparrow 1, 2, and 3. So they've all kind of like pitched in with their own, you know, areas of, of, uh, of Sparrow. And there is no Spyro kart racing game, because they also just added Sparrow to that game anyway. So, um, to, to put him in the same, same kind of thing. Um, it, it's kind of frustrating and also interesting that I remember when. Uh, Crash 4 came out and my prediction which didn't pan out um, was that we will get we could get um, or what would make sense for me for, for them to do you keep those teams in that area which none of them have really been kept in that area <laughs> because of Activision because of all the um, stuff we talked about before uh, with the with the development mismanagement and everything else like that 
which is specifically why we didn't get Tony Hawk 3 and 4. Otherwise, if Activision didn't make those decisions, we would have had at least an announced version of Tony Hawk 3 and 4 remastered. So, that's a shame. Um, but uh, if they made a basically a Crash and Sparrow game every other year, so they took turns, um, what could have also made sense if you did like a maybe a crossover game with the two of them, because they are in the same universe in quotes kind of thing I, I i do think it would make sense because we when we got crash team racing nitro fueled and obviously they put out like the base game at the start and then they added a bunch of stuff to it over time like different maps and courses and you know different characters things like that and then they added sparrow which made sense um it, it would make sense again if, if you were going to do one per league if that was going to be like the new crash party game if you added sparrow to that obviously as well as well as like some other Spyro characters. There's the the Tiger as well. I, I can't remember his name, but there's him and some other characters as well. Uh, would make sense to add those. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with this. There, there's something going on though, right? Like there, there's so many rumors and stuff and speculation and whatever about Wampa League, and then they tweet out this picture of Spyro Four. Um, it's just very very disappointing that. Um, Activision decided to just move a bunch of these studios all over the place. Some of them are working on. I, I can't even remember. I can't even remember where all of them got moved to because some of them did get with, moved to work on COD, uh, Warzone specifically, and some of them. One of the teams I can't even remember which one got moved to work on Blizzard games. I think that was. I think that was Vicarious Visions. I can't even remember which one they did because they, they've they've moved everybody about so much. I've kind of forgotten some of it. Um. So yeah, which again is how we're getting a Warzone 2 is because there's so many different developers over there. So, um, which by the way, if anybody says to any of you um, about the main Call of Duty games um, and like, oh, Toys for Bob got moved and Vicarious Vision got moved, they weren't moved to work on Modern Warfare 2 or the other games. They were specifically moved to work on Warzone um, well, some people don't quite seem to be understanding, and it's it's fine to misunderstand this because it's it's an easy thing to sort of not quite get. Um, the development situation with Warzone and with like the the mainline COD games, so obviously Modern Warfare Two recently, and then whatever games we're going to get after that. Um, that's not in the same development thing as um, Warzone, apart from Infinity Ward, because Infinity Ward is I don't know how they're doing it. They are somehow working on. Warzone 2, which is out on Wednesday, um, which is like the, obviously the Warzone 2.0, and they'll be working on Modern Warfare 2, and they're still working on Modern Warfare 2, because obviously they're still fixing stuff with the game and adding stuff of, uh, and all that sort of thing. I, I am a little bit concerned, just to shift gears a little bit with this conversation, I am a bit concerned as to what Activision is doing with Infinity Ward, because in, in all of their wheelhouse of developers with, with Activision and Blizzard, um, I think Infinity Ward is still the most talented. And the fact that they've got them to work on Warzone 2... Obviously, there's other developers as well, but you've got that team kind of stretched across two releases, two, two of which has got a lot of things going on. And there's this new DMZ mode. I, I don't even know what that is, actually, at the moment. And it's like, I, I, I really don't want you to stretch, to stretch Infinity Ward too thin. And I know that there's different teams within Infinity Ward, but... I'd I'd like them to be a bit more focused on just like the the, the main Modern Warfare two. Um, that's also me because like I I don't care about Warzone or Warzone two. Obviously that's very big and successful and stuff. But 
Um, Infinity War is the one that, 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 that matters the most, I think. The one that is the best at what they do. Um, which, again, is why Toys for Bob and all these other teams have been moved over to Warzone. Because they, they, Activision basically took this decision at a certain point to lump a load of resources into Warzone. Because it was becoming a cash cow. So, um, I just, yeah, with, with, with DMZ coming out and Modern Warfare 2 still ongoing and Warzone 2 coming out, and it's like, how much, how much can you stretch Infinity Ward to work on all of that? With other teams still, with like, you know, I think Sledgehammer or Treyarch are helping them, and then you've got like, Toys for Bob and Beanox and whatever. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how, how that goes in the long run, so... Um, anyway, we'll see what comes out of, of this. They are hiring for something, so they are working on something, not just Warzone. Which is good, because we don't want to waste the talent of Toys for Bob on Warzone 2. So we shall see. I'm uh, going to move on to my, my last piece of news, which is a sad piece of news uh, this week. I did mention it yesterday on my Gotham Knights review, because it was a Batman, Batfamily-centred game. And it would have been weird for me to review a Batman Bat-centered, Bat-family-centered game without mentioning the passing of Kevin Conroy. He isn't in Gotham like somebody else is voicing Batman, but still, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, me reading the rumors to, you know, I'm reviewing a Batman game the day after the, one of the voice actors, one of the icon, iconic voice actors has passed away. Um, so yeah, he passed away, I understand, from cancer, I believe, at age of 66. Um... I'd expect most people to it, most people who play games or who watch the obviously the old animated Batman show, which I've seen a good chunk of episodes of, but I've not seen the whole show. Um, yeah, he was the voice of Batman for years for for a very very long time. He was a big part of people's childhoods. Um, wasn't part of mine. I, I don't remember like watching the, the the animated series and stuff when I was younger. I think I was watching other stuff or whatever, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's sad to know that lose another legend, another talent, um, on the man himself, you know, it wasn't just a case of we've lost another talented person, um, I've seen lots of videos posted of, like, him talking about stuff or being motivational or some, like, cameo videos that he did for people, there's, like, a Christmas one that I saw and a birthday one, um, lovely, lovely man, really, really nice person, N- never got the chance to meet him myself, unfortunately, but uh, I, I've seen different people post videos about him making speeches at Comic Cons or different cameo videos or, you know, behind the scenes stuff of him recording. Yeah, there's the the famous bit which is uh things I I am the knight, I am vengeance, I am Batman. I'm not gonna try and do it in his voice, obviously that wouldn't be a good idea, but that's like one of his iconic bits as Batman, the whole I am vengeance, I am knight, I am Batman, uh, which is really, really awesome. So uh it's a massive shame to lose him. He's a lovely man, lovely, lovely person, um and of course an incredible voice talent as well um so it's a uh, it's a big shame in 66 you know it's 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 too young um it's it's a massive massive shame uh what do you think of the news of kevin conroy passing away robert yeah it's definitely sad i mean if you look at his imdb page he had a pretty decent career oh yeah um before that um but then you know once he gets that job for being uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman in the mm. Batman animated TV series, which was uh, 1992 to 1995. Like, after that, 80% of it is Batman. But then he shows up in, like, the most random thing. Because while he was... After he did that animated series, he was on the American version for The Office for six ser- for six episodes. And then he does 19 more uh, Batman projects. And then he adds his voice for Lords of EverQuest. And then he's in 19 more Batman projects. Um, 
it's just one of those things that uh, I th- I liked it that he was able to actually play as Bruce Wayne in the uh, Batwoman TV show when they did the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth uh, crossover. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. at least he got an on-screen appearance as Bruce Wayne, even if he wasn't, you know, Batman in that series. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not fun when we lose anybody. Obviously, when we get people that are that iconic to the role, yeah, um, it just makes it worse because you're never going to be able to replace it because in your head you're always thinking that's not the right voice. Yeah, it just doesn't quite have that. There's certain there's certain roles where actors um, like leave or whatever happens, and you think, oh, you can just recast that person. But there's certain roles that certain actors, whether it's voice acting or you know live action acting or whatever. Uh, or motion capture there's there's obviously different types of acting there's certain actors that you look and you think you you just couldn't i mean obviously there will be there will be there will be somebody i mean that literally in gotham nights that i played it wasn't him voicing him it was it was somebody else but um that that isn't as simple as just oh we'll just get somebody else to do the voice of batman which somebody else will have to do the voice of batman for the future unfortunately it won't be him um obviously he's gonna retain his his incredibly iconic status as batman but um there's because it's not like when you have you know a james bond or like a doctor who and you know with those sorts of characters or like a superman or even to a degree obviously batman himself with the with the live action films um but i think kevin conroy was an exception with the with the batman stuff um Obviously, we got uh, yeah. Probably Ad- the most obviously uh... we've got Adam West as well, which is which is iconic. But yeah, um, there's just certain actors like with like you think, oh, okay, Daniel Craig's out as James Bond. You know, last film, who's going to be next? And it's that's a much easier job to replace that sort of role. But there, there's certain actors in this industry that you look at and you just think, no, nah, you can't have somebody else play that 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 role. Which in in the exception of this role with like with Batman, you will obviously have more. There will be more Batman animated stuff, or whether it's Justice League or Batman or different video game things. So somebody else will have to. Um, it's a bit like if you were to go and reboot Back to the Future. It's like no, no, but nobody else could play Marty McFly and um, uh, Doc and everything. Or like even though you... they did shoot scenes of somebody else being Marty McFly. Did they? Oh, wow. Yeah, Eric Stoltz initially had the role. Oh. You can find it online. Okay, or like if you look at something like Only Only Fools and Horses, like n- nobody else could play Del Boy. Somebody else might be good in the role, but if something like that were to air, you'd think, nah, you, you, you're not David Jason. You know, you 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 look at certain roles like that, and you just think, you you just can't do it again. But again, there's an exception to this role because you will have to have other actors eventually uh, do the voice acting. And um, by the way, the, the the good part of this with multiverses, which multiverses will be a continuing ongoing game. Um, Kevin's voice is already in that game, um, which is which is good. So if you want like a long term Batman thing to, to to like play and remember remember him by, um, Kevin Conroy did obviously voice uh, Batman for the for the multiverses game. So um, that's at least something good as well to to add to the situation. So it is very sad situation. Um, anyway, rest in peace, Kevin. We'll all miss you. You're a lovely, lovely person. Um, I spent like some time over this weekend watching, you know, short little videos of him giving speeches to people and stuff. And great guy, really great guy, an absolute legend. So, um, so it's it's a damn shame when you lose the really good ones, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. um, anyway, that's that's my news for this week, Robert. What do you have to talk about? 
Uh, first up, we got a hiring at Naughty Dog mm. that's given me all the heebies and some of the jeebies. <laughs> so the person in question is Anders Howard. Anders Howard, who was the core designer of several functions of Fortnite's Battle Pass and its progression system. He then briefly went on to uh, Ubisoft Stockholm to work on a new IP and contribute to its economy design. He is now joining Naughty Dog in this month of 2022, which was revealed on a LinkedIn page. And what's given me the heebie-jeebies is his title of Principal Monetization Designer. So that oh. screams microtransactions. Yay! So the leading theory is that they've got a new project coming up that's going to be a live service multiplayer title, um, which is going to be Naughty Dog's first multiplayer online service game. Uh, very little is uh, known about it. Don't even know if it's going to be what was hinted at as a Last of Us universe a while back or if it's something uh, different. Um, but yeah, we get more fun with microtransactions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so obviously they got Factions 2 or whatever. They, got, they might not be called Factions 2 uh, coming out, which Neil has talked about before, which he said is like a really, a really big ambitious project. Um, the only multiplayer stuff that Naughty Dog's done before is they had a small like online component for Uncharted 4, which was actually pretty good. I played that for like a couple of hours. It was it was pretty good, but I didn't want it for like long term. Uh, well, and supposedly the uh, Last of Us multiplayer was pretty good. Yeah, they got that as well, which uh, was included with the uh, original game. But this is supposed to be something like bigger in scope and stuff. I have seen a couple of little rumors floating around that Factions 2 could be free-to-play. So if it is free-to-play with microtransactions, if you want to go down the Fortnite sort of route and maybe have a Battle Pass option, that makes sense. Um, the thing you don't want is this to be a $70 game. Uh, it, it, it depends on what the microtransactions are, because if you look at something like Call of Duty, for example, which is a $70 game and you can buy... You can't really buy... Well, you can't, you, yeah, you can buy... You can buy, like, COD points um the, the only difference with cod points though you can't buy cod points to buy a gun that will be better it's just for like different skins and stuff like that so you've got like like anime guns and things like that but that, that those guns aren't more powerful they're just different cosmetics so it's not a pay to win thing it's just a, a cosmetic thing like, like in overwatch if you want to buy i don't know diva a uh a, a different skin or something um so it depends how they balance this um because see, for for me, with something like COD, and I'm I'm referencing that because obviously that's my that's my live service ongoing game. Um, there is a battle pass option. Um, I don't ever need to buy it though. I can still unlock everything normally. I can um, earn my own COD points. I can still unlock all the guns in the game. I can still, you know, get all the maps. Uh, in fact, when season one launches on Wednesday, this upcoming Wednesday, um, there'll be I think they're adding shipment and. What's the other one called? Shoot House uh, for free, and then some uh, some new guns and operators and things like that. Um, so it it depends what approach this takes with The Last of Us with with, with this online thing. Because I'm I'm gonna because the way you describe this game, I'm gonna guess that this is for factions because um, they are still making that, and that w that's what would make the most sense. Um, it depends what these microtransactions are for. If it's for like skins for Joel and Ellie and Abby and stuff like that, it will be that'll be fine. But if it's for sort of like I don't know, Joel's revolver but a better version of it, then that's where you're gonna run into some issues. 
Um, I get the complaints still with microtransactions. Yeah. Um, like I, I understand people moaning about them and stuff. It is, it, it is uh, not a great thing to, to to put in the game still, especially to one that could be a premium price. Um, but we still don't actually know if this is going to be a free to play game or a full paid game. Um, because we literally don't know that. Because the, the original game was, it was. In, I think the original game uh, faction, which I n- I never played the original factions. I think it was included for free with the Last of Us One, so the the PS3 version of Last of Us One. Um, so I uh, I don't know. Um, anyway, what do, what do you think the the options could be that they might take from this? The, 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 the... Uh, yeah. See, that's one of those things that since I don't really play. Uh, any Naughty Dog games um, yeah. because they tend to come out on the PS PlayStation uh, platform. I really don't know enough of what it could be. I just know that when your title is principal monetization, that's not a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. We'll see. We'll, we shall. We shall see what this is like. We we don't have like much information to go off from this game, really. Mm-hmm. So all in good time. Um. All right. What else do I have to talk about this week? Well, shocking absolutely nobody that's been paying attention, Remedy has confirmed that its bigger budget control game, uh, formerly known as Codename Huron, is indeed Control 2. The developer has signed a co-development and co-publishing agreement with 505 Games, sharing the news alongside with a piece of concept art. Uh, with Control 2, we take another leap into the unknown, says game director Mikhail Kasserin. It'll be an unexpected journey. It'll take a while. But to put it mildly, this is the most exciting project I've ever worked on. It's still in its early days, but it will be worth the wait. Now, Remedy still owns the IP, but the development developer will be sharing the load with 505 Games, splitting the cost of development and marketing, as well as revenue equally. Remedy is going to be handling publishing on the PC, while 505 will handle the console launch. So in, in several ways, this is... A good thing because then you don't have to worry about optimization for one being better than the other in terms of mm. well the company that did it is better on one platform than the other so they both know their strengths and they're both staying in their own lane yeah yeah um i enjoyed the first control it had some issues and things like that but the overall idea of it was really really good um it's one of the few games where you can use telekinesis which is really cool like you can literally pick up most of the objects and fling that and fling them at an enemy while sort of floating around um so that was really quite cool it was almost a bit like a superhero game but without being tied to you know marvel and dc and stuff but and it had like a weird kind of cool story um i thought the the main character jess was was kind of interesting what she was kind of going through and stuff was was quite good i remember they put out some dlc they put out three parts of dlc and then i remember um, there was a PS Plus version of Control. It was like the, the Game of the Year edition or whatever that launched with the DLC. And I downloaded it. I was like, oh, I'm going to jump into this. I still don't know how to actually access it. <laughs> like, I, I launched. I remember launching the game. And it took me to like the, like the end point of the game. And so I looked up online like, okay, how do I access this? And it was like, oh, a bulletin board somewhere. And I, I just never found it. I, I don't know what that was that was all about i think one of them was supposed to be to do like a crossover with alan wake which would make sense obviously for remedy again and you've got that psychological sort of weird horror angle um going on which would which would be cool 
Um, so yeah, I I could yeah I'd I'd be up for playing a, tr- a control too if it's current gen only would be would be good as well if you can get any haptic feedback in there would be good because um, obviously the first uh, control was a PS4 game uh, and obviously Xbox as well but um, yeah that might be that might be good to to play. Did you ever play Control at all? I never got around to it, um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't worry about this being a current gen only because they're saying it won't be appearing soon. So at a bare minimum. Probably either late 2024 or early 2025. So I can't imagine them publishing on a PS4 for mm-hmm. that uh, after that time frame. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. But no, Control was good. Um, wasn't like the greatest thing ever. There was some there were some issues with it. But what you can do with a sequel, what I always mention, um, is you take out the bad, you keep in the good, and then you come up with new ideas. So we'll see what they got. Uh, all right, what else do you want to talk about this week? Uh, well, the last thing I have to talk about, I love history, especially tech history, because you really don't get a concept of how, how radically things have changed until you really start getting into the scope of it. Um, so the article that I have here is that a Reddit user who goes by the name CWiz posted some images of ancient computers that he found in his grandfather's basement. Um, they're not like... like crazy old like from the 30s but they are super super old uh probably the biggest one of note is a computer that i I had never heard of called the lgp-30 which came out in 1956 um the interface makes it look more like a typewriter than any computer that you would ever have seen Mm -hmm. but it was also the most expensive computer at the time topping out at forty-seven thousand dollars which in today's money is just short of half a million. And if he puts it up for auction, collectors will probably pay more for that. Um, and they have images of it here on the article, and it literally looks like you know something that an audiophile nerd would have in his apartment in the 60s for better video control, because it looks nothing like a computer mm-hmm. that we would know of. It almost looks like a stereo system. Huh. But it's just something that... You just marvel, makes you marvel at how much technology has changed. Oh, I yeah. mean, even like, but from the distance of your age and my age, I mean, hell, I didn't have a cell phone until I was like 30. Um, and kids are getting them at five now. Mm. And I had landlines and dial up, and you probably never had to deal with either of those. <laughs> yeah, it, it is fascinating how much technology has changed um, and everything. Uh, but yeah, I've I've seen like at different points different photos of like old computers, and it was like, wow, these these things look look very different. Or or you go back and you look at like the the chunky SCART sort of TVs and things, and you're like, wow, how do we how do we put up with using these things? And you look at like you know flat uh, smart screen or smart TVs or whatever, or flat screen HD TVs, um, even something from like you know the uh, three. Um, I can't remember what it's called. The the RG thing uh, with the, with the SCART lead, and you had to like plug the three things into that and put that in the back of the TV. Now, now you just have like one really simple HDMI cable and and things like that. So yeah, it's kind of fascinating. But uh, yeah, um, and yeah, kids are getting younger and getting phones um, at, at younger ages. Um, and obviously, you know, it, it, even when like I was younger and stuff, iPhones weren't really much of a thing and I didn't get my first phone until I was maybe in my teen maybe at high school maybe in my teen years um I think like my my niece has gotten 
uh yeah she has got an iphone because she talks to my mum on it and stuff like that so yeah um it's uh it, it's an interesting interesting point in in history um because yeah. some, something i've been mentioning recently about like films and tv is i know this is a bit different but kind of similar is when characters actually talk about the things that have happened to them in the past and it sounds like a basic thing but you'd be surprised at the amount of shows and films that don't do that but when they talk about a situation that happened in the past and how it's relating to what's going on now um and i i, I like that sort of sense of history so for example for an example a recent example of that is like in gotham knights when because uh, like the the gotham knights weren't really around as much in Gotham when Batman was there and obviously Batman dies in that story uh, but Bruce dies in that story and you've got Alfred who's kind of the in-between of um that the, the Gotham Knights will mention one of the villains like Clayface or somebody and Alfred will bring up like a time when Bruce did something or something like that um so instead of just like knuckling down and pressing forward with the, with the plot it's actually characters talking about like, oh yeah, I remember when this happened, when that, and when that happened, and like Jason brings up a bunch of times like, oh, when I died and this sort of thing. Um, so uh, I, I I like that sort of thing. So uh, obviously this is a bit different. This is with uh, computers and stuff, but uh, sense of history is is important and, and is good. So yeah, and to show you how rare that is, they've, I've been going through some of the Reddit comments, and one redditor pointed out that even though his grandfather was a civil engineer. Um, because of the price of the computer and the fact that it was in, you know, 1956, he was probably uh, 0.01% of workers that would have access to that computer. Mm. And it was in his basement. So that just gives you a sense of how absolutely rare it is. Um, the article goes on to talk about how um, he found a museum in Germany that might be willing to take it because obviously tech like that needs to be preserved and not slagged. So. Mm-hmm. It's even like different parts of history as well. I know again, this is a different example, but I remember uh, back in the summer when I was uh, sorting my room out and painting it, and obviously we had to take like almost everything out, and there was stuff under my bed that had been there for ages that I'd just forgotten about, and different bags and different things and different memories. Um, and I was like clearing the room out with my mum, and we're like, "Oh yeah, I remember when we got this and we got that, and we found this and we found that," and kind of talk about a bit of the history there so history is good history is important and interesting um so there we go uh all right was that all you had to talk about this week yeah it's the last one i got cool let's move on to emails and feedback we've got three this week uh if you'd like to write into the show let us know about anything that you want to talk about any news that we mentioned any news that we haven't gone over um let us know what you're playing and do you think netflix is going to do a good job with the gears of war film let us know uh matthew at entertainment talk.org uh, Twitter, eTalkUK, there's contact page information in, in your show notes. Email box on the website version of the episode and a clickable email name in your show notes. Uh, Mike writes in and says, was getting caught up with the podcast. Will either of you play these new Silent Hill games? So this, this, this is referring to, what, three, four weeks ago roughly? Um, when uh, Silent, not Silent Hill, uh, Konami finally spoke. They actually said something useful and interesting for a change. And said that they were uh, making some new Silent Hill games and remastering or remaking Silent Hill 2. Um, I'll give Silent Hill 2 a shot just because it does have that iconic PlayStation status. Um, the difference between like Silent Hill F, which is a new one, and Silent Hill 2 is obviously you've got Blooper Team, who I don't trust, but they're remaking Silent Hill 2. They don't have to come up with a script or character development, character motivations and you know they don't have to worry about any of that because it's already on the page 
uh, unless they decide to rewrite certain stuff, which you shouldn't need to, but whatever. Um, so all they've got to do is make the game look better and play up to today's standards. And if it's going to at least retain, let's say, 50% of the iconic Silent Hill 2 status, it should at least be good. Um, I don't know if it will. I don't trust Blooper Team or Konami, so I have no reason to think that the game's going to be good. But apart from, you know, the, the the game's history, and it's very embedded in PlayStation's history, which is something that's important to me as well. Um, with Silent Hill F, all these new ones, it's a complete open field in terms of... I have no idea how good these games are going to be. Um, so I'll, I'll give Silent Hill 2 a shot, but... Um, I mean, we don't know what Silent Hill F is even about right now, or the the, the other games that they are, are coming out with. Um, so a case of that is going to be, I'm going to sit there and listen to Konami and say, you know, ha- ha- the ball's in their court and say, like, hey, okay, you're making a new Silent Hill game, which means you have to make a new script, characters, story, all that sort of stuff. Show me what you've got. Um, you know, are you going to actually do something interesting? Or are you going to go back to the days of Metal Gear Survive and give me something that's not worth people's time? Um, we'll have to see. But, yeah, that that's, that's the only reason I have any interest in Silent Hill 2 is because the story's already or the story and the characters of the script is already done um, and you don't have to worry about Blooper Team coming up with that stuff because it's already there um, anyway what's your, what's your kind of anticipation level for these Silent Hill games are you going to play any of them at all probably not I'm not a big uh, horror you know genre player either with video games or for movies so Right. It's just not my wheelhouse. I have nothing against it. It's uh, totally cool as it is um, for the people that do like it. It's just not my thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, t- some some horror games. I mean, obviously, you know, Last of Us, which is a horror game, is one of my favorite games ever. Um, Last of Us one and two. Uh, I don't think obviously this game will be anywhere near good, as good as those. But um, I'm I'm just kind of playing this for PlayStation's history, really, because. Um, the, the difference between obviously you had like um, Resident Evil and Silent Hill kind of competing in those in those nineties horror days. Um, the reason I prefer, and I, I I still do think Resident Evil's a bit of a mess, and there's only like a few good games in the franchise. The reason I like that more than Silent Hill, that's more sort of like survival slash action, and it's got zombies kind of in there with. Silent Hill is more psychological horror and stuff, and I I'm not really a fan of that thing, that that sort of stuff. But given the good things I hear about Silent Hill 2, I'll give it a chance because of again the history of the game. So yeah, and I wouldn't sure. really consider uh, Last of Us as a horror game because outside of a couple instances where to scare the ever loving bejesus out of you, um, it just has a couple elements every now and then to where it is tense. Um, mm-hmm. but it's not in in like a like a Resident Evil kind of a game. No, no, that's a that. that's more yeah. of a horror game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, horror is one of Last of Us's genres, but it's got more to it than that. Yeah. Um. So, but it's still like kind of in that category. Uh, Farrah writes in and says, "What is your current most anticipated game? Not just for 2022. I'm glad that you said not just for 2022 because there's not many games left for left for the year. Um." My most anticipated game. There's still a few to come out that, um, or a, f- a few that are like announced that we know about that are coming sort of in the near future. 
Uh, you got Forspoken, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy is a big one. Um, by the way, I know that they put out some more Hogwarts Legacy stuff this week. I didn't get a chance to catch it, so I'll talk about that next time. Uh, I think it was like character customization or something like that, or some, some combat stuff. But um, I was talking to a friend at work, actually, about Hogwarts Legacy, because we're both excited for it. And one of the things I said to her was, I'm looking forward to the game a lot. Like, I'm not, like, the biggest Harry Potter fan, but I, I like Harry Potter. It's good, you know. And there's potential with this new game to do something within the same world, but in a different ballpark. Um, it's just... Okay, so we're in the middle of November, almost smack bang in the middle of November. This game doesn't come out until February. Uh, I'm still playing other games at the moment. God of War, COD, Callisto Protocol's coming out. I'm going to try Sonic. There's some other Switch games for me to play. It's almost... I'm, I'm excited for the game. It's looked fantastic from what we've seen so far. It feels... And she she kind of agreed with me in a way that this person at work. Um, it feels too early to get excited for this game. I don't know if that makes any sense. Because there's games, obviously, we've known been announced like... Okay, the, the release date for some games is six months plus away. And this is only like two or three months, depending on how you look at things. I think it's like February 10th. It's just... Like, once we get into... Okay, past all the games for the rest of the year... Get past Christmas, get get kicked on into the new year. Once we get into that sort of middle January part, and we're about a month away, that's when I'll be able to properly get excited for this game because it's like I don't know. I, I look at Hogwarts Legacy content like when we've seen gameplay and trailers and stuff, and I'm like, this looks great. I'm really excited, but it's not out anywhere near close. And there's other games I'm other games I'm very excited for that I, I'm playing at the moment that I've been looking forward to. That are just that they're on my mind now because they're closer, or I'm playing them, and this game's still it's not even out in this year, it's out in a few months' time, so it's it's almost just too early to, to get excited for it. Um, which I, I'd almost prefer okay, if, if you're ready to show off like more gameplay and story and trailers, that's that's great, that's fantastic, but you almost you almost don't need to just yet. I don't know. Um, th- does what I'm saying there kind of make sense? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you got that, then you got Forspoken, which again, kind of a bit far out, I'm looking forward to it, but it's almost too early to get completely excited about that. Um, Callisto Protocol I'm really looking forward to, but out, out of like all of those, I'm, I'm really, really curious about Hogwarts Legacy and where, where that's, where that's going to go. Um, and I think just, just the smart decision of like, okay, this takes place in the same world as Harry Potter's lived in, the character that you've known and loved for years, but we're not tying, we're not straddling ourselves to that story like we can do different things in the canon and whatever um so we'll we'll see uh anyway, for you robert what's your most uh so not just for 2022 what's your most anticipated game i'll kind of have three there's actually a game that goes live this week uh called oh, cool. pentiment um it's from obsidian who i already like as a company um the art style is very um monty python-esque you can clear it was inspired by that. Um, so it's going to be a little more of a unique game that I play. Um, but mm. that comes out on Tuesday. Obviously in March, hopefully, uh, we'll be getting Starfield. And then whenever we get State of Decay 3. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to, uh, to get State of Decay 3 as well. If Microsoft ever wants to talk about that game. <laughs> yeah. Know. Yeah. Um... When was that reveal trailer? That was like 2018, 2019. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's been a while. It's it, re, The reason that's disappointing at the moment, and obviously not the game, we, we don't even know what it looks like, 
is we had like a CG trailer and I was like, oh cool, State of the K3, we're looking forward to that. And then just dead silence for like three years. Mm-hmm. So um, it's even more difficult to get excited for a game for that because we haven't even seen the game. So yeah. yeah we haven't seen um, any gameplay. We Outside of that one trailer, we haven't seen Squat. I haven't even heard any news about it, about like job listings. I'm sure that information's out there, but um, I was e- on e- the, every, uh, every time they've had like an E3 or a Microsoft showing, it's just not been there. So yeah, I was on the community page the other day thinking about that, and they haven't had any uh, kind of updates since like May, and even that was just like, oh, we're working really hard, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which again, I like. I don't want you to rush the game or put it out in a broken state or anything. Just, just seeing, seeing a bit more of it would be good. You know, it's been, been a minute. Take your time still and make sure you bring out a good game because we don't want a broken game. But um, we'd, we'd like an update. We'd like to hear something is, is what we're saying. So, And lastly, Harrison writes in and says, What's your thoughts so far on God of War? Is it living up to your 9 out of 10 anticipation level? And will Robert play it on PS4? I'll let you answer that question first. Uh, no, I've I've have a couple streamers that I follow that have been playing it, so I've been keeping up with the visuals of the game, mm-hmm. and seeing it being played on a PS5, I would not put it <laughs> on a PS4. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would that would be like buying a Ferrari and then putting a Hello Kitty sticker on it. Yeah. Um, it, it's so interesting with that because like I look at Gotham Knights, and I've literally just gone from Gotham Knights to God of War, so this is a fair comparison, and. I'm not saying the devs are lying or anything, but I look at Gotham Knights and I'm like, this could run on PS4. This could run on PS4. Like, come on. Um, and then I look at God of War and I'm like, okay, how does this run on PS4? <laughs> um, one one game could probably run on PS4, but it apparently can't. And then one clearly shouldn't sort of be on PS4, but it's there as an option, but still got released on it. Which I know is a bit different because obviously it's, it's more, you know, God of War is more Sony focused. And it's it's literally their console, but um, I just look at the two games. I'm like, okay, one of you shouldn't be on PS4, and one of you probably should. Um, it's so. like the old Sesame Street thing. One of these things is not like the other. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, it's very curious. Um, yeah, uh, how's it living up so far? Again, I've only played like an hour and a bit or something of it. Um, maybe if I'd have realized my audio issues earlier, I would have probably played a bit more of God of War. But um, that's not really that's not really anybody's fault. So, um, but I like it so far. I think the game the game kicks off really, really um, like it does. It doesn't waste any time getting started, which is really good. Um, I, I remember the start of the 2018 game, and I was like, okay, I get why this is slower paced, but it's taking a, it's taking a minute. Um, but the, the second game, Ragnarok, does kick off pretty much right at the end of, of, uh, the 2018 game, and, uh, it, uh, it, d- it doesn't waste any time, really, and, like, so far with the pacing and stuff, I mean, sure, there's a bit of walking around, there's a bit of climbing, obviously you're gonna n- navigate the level, but I've come across a lot of enemies, uh, it's been, it's been quite good. Um, what well, one thing that's been a bit of, sort of, like, a settling-in period is, like, okay, it's been so long since I've played a game in this world and like okay getting used to the the, leviathan axe and the the blades of chaos and switching between them and like charging up attacks and getting getting back into the swing of things um that was good that didn't take too long which is great as well by the way i can't believe i didn't mention this earlier haptic feedback is really really great um I, i i've gained a bit of a sort of if you're playing a sony exclusive game so like a god of war if you get bits of haptic feedback from the main menu, 
then you you know that they put haptic feedback in in mind for this. Like li- literally, if you're just toggling things on and off, like I don't know, sound or accessibility or you know th- those sorts of options, like difficulty stuff. When that's got a little kick in it, you you know that like okay, there's there's going to be some stuff in this. Um, yeah, what one, one of the standout bits of that is when you recall your axe, and obviously there's a bit of a thud when he when he collects it back, and that like goes through the controller. Um, it, it's been pretty good with that so far. I I think when I get more sort of runic attacks or more sort of advanced attacks, um, there should be a bit more going on. There is a lot of because of the way the game is, and it's a lot of sort of bash bash. Kratos is bashing this and bashing that, and you know big th- those big god of war set pieces i've talked about a lot of the haptic feedback is sort of bang boom and you know all that sort of thing which is which is what you expect but um and th- th- there's a bit right at the start where he's sort of um he's like sorting one of atreus's arrows out and he's sort of sharpening it and you can feel a little cutting thing on the on the controller something really subtle but something that adds to the experience so the haptic feedback for it is really good. I'd like a little bit more variety for it, but th- the reason I suppose that hasn't happened yet is because it is a lot of sort of slashing with the axe, or an enemy tries to cut you, and it's it's a bit bit of the same stuff, but it is still it is still well done. Um, but once I get some more ice attacks or fire attacks, hopefully I'll get some uh, some different stuff going on. So, but no, it's good. Um, I like I said, it's it, it's too difficult for me to judge early on because I've only played about two hours or so. Um, I'd probably give like a an eight so far from the small chunk that I've played. So uh, I'll just have to dig into some to some more of it. Um, anyway, so what we've got for you for this week's gaming talk episode uh, next week or fr- from Wednesday onwards, hardcore will be available or tier one as they've renamed it to will be available on Call of Duty. So I'll be stepping into that a bit more. Um, so that should be good. Now that I've figured out my sound situation, and if you add the uh, hardcore mode to, to COD, that should be uh. A lot, lot better. So I'll probably have some more to talk about that next week. Um, so I'm going to be playing some more God of War. Going to be playing some more uh, COD within the next week. Uh, what are you going to be playing, Robert? Going forward, uh, Pentiment because that comes out on Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, more than likely, sticking with uh, Grounded because it's going to take a lot of prep work to get uh, the next boss done. So, mm-hmm. cool, nice. Uh, anyway, so what we've got for you for this week, if you want to find all the rest of our content, you can find it by going over to entertainmenttalk.org or searching for us on your favourite podcast platform, TV, games, films, main eye podcasts. Uh, like I said, once we're finished here, I'll be recording the United cast, some very good stuff to talk about over there. Um, yeah, for all that stuff. Uh, if you want to support us in other ways, you can, of course, tell other people about what we're doing and where they can find it, either by just telling them or using social media. Uh, Patreon, $5, $10 level tiers for your free podcast review options. Have a look at that as well if you'd like to. Uh, TV and film news. I don't know what David's doing at the moment with Geek Town Radio, but you still can go over to geektown.co.uk uh, for your TV and your film news, renewals, cancellations, pickups, air dates, all that sort of thing. So check out that over there. Bex, as we mentioned, um, she's Trista Bytes on different platforms, Twitch and everything else. Uh, she streams classic games, chat streams, game streams, all that sort of thing, and sits in boxes at certain points. So if you want to find the, the fun stuff that Bex does, uh, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, over on Twitch and other platforms as well. If you want to find me on Twitch, you can do so, eTalkUK, uh, over on Twitch, and uh, that stuff gets archived over on YouTube, Entertainment Talk Plays. I've been doing a little bit of streaming over on YouTube as well, so just follow the eTalkUK over on Twitch, and Entertainment Talk Plays over on YouTube. All of it will end up on YouTube, so just keep your eyes on their YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.